Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Yeah, so I, I watched uh, Morgan Cooper's trailer when it had first come out. My, my friend called me and they were like, yo, you gotta check this thing out. They're doing a Bel Air like, reboot, but it's like dark, and like it's just a trailer right now, but check it out. And I, I saw it, I was like, yo, I'd watch that for sure. Because it was, it was interesting and it was a different take, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm down with that. I was definitely down with OPP for that for sure. And it's it's dope that, you know, years later, I'm a part of it. It wasn't that long ago that Jabari Banks was working at a factory in Temecula, California to make ends meet while pursuing his dreams. And now he's on his way as the star of Bel Air, Peacock's reimagining of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talk to Bel Air star Jabari Banks about his big break and how his own story seems to mirror that of the show's main character. After that, we chat with Julia star David Hyde Pierce about his HBO Max show, which chronicles the rise of TV chef Julia Child, what brought him back to TV, and of course, the legacy of Frasier. It's all next on this edition of the award-winning Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. Stay close. So could there be anyone more suited to take on the role of Will on Peacock's Bel Air than Jabari Banks? Banks is from West Philadelphia. His last name is Banks, like that of the Bel Air family that the character moves in with. Bel Air is based on the viral video by Morgan Cooper, which reimagined the beloved Will Smith-led sitcom as a drama series. Peacock gave the show a two-season order back in September 2020. Set in modern day, Bel Air is a dramatic version of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air that leans into the original premise, Will's complicated journey from the streets of West Philadelphia to the gated mansions of Bel Air. We have a different set of rules here, okay? If you want to do well, just keep your head down and follow my lead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, you know I'm a rep West Philly wherever I go. Yo, King, what's up, man? No love. Look around. These are my people. What? From now on, steer clear. Welcome to Bel Air. What the hell is my life? Yo, chill out, bro. Maybe Will just isn't cut out for this. Why are we working so hard to save a boy who doesn't want to be saved? Because we owe it to him. Banks had just graduated from University of the Arts in Philadelphia in 2020 when he landed the role of Will on Bel Air. In addition to acting, he's a songwriter, singer, rapper, and more. He has big dreams, even for his own theme park. And we talk a lot about those dreams in this conversation. Variety Salome Hailu and I sat down with Jabari Banks to recount the wild year he has had taking on such an iconic role, and the enthusiasm is contagious. We began by noting how on top of the world he seems right now. I'm having a lot of fun, Mike. I'm yeah, a lot of fun with my life. You know, things are opening up. A lot of a lot of access around me, and so a lot of great people around me. And I'm super I'm super excited to be able to continue this journey in this way. You know. So where where were you two years ago? 
Two years ago. Two years ago. Because oh last year you were probably already sort of in the process. So two right? years so, ago. So two years ago. Where were you? What two, were you doing? Two years ago, COVID. So I was in Philadelphia, South Philadelphia. Born uh, and raised on a playground. Yeah, was where I spent most, most of my days. Well, yeah, got it, got it, got it. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's in West Philadelphia, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> but I was in Don't South worry, Philly. I know the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Watch a little TV around here. <laughs> but yeah, so you're back in Philly. <laughs> so I'm back in Philly. And I'm with my friends and we're just creating. I actually had this collective that I created through my school and I went to University of the Arts and, uh, you know, we were just creating and, and I was auditioning at the time and just trying to make ends meet, trying to make things work. And, you know, I was, you know, in contact with my family every now and then, but they were back home in Maryland where my mom lives and uh, my uncle's actually in, in Philly too. So we were in contact as well, but it was very isolated and I was with my friends in, in a house and just creating every day music, yeah. acting, you know? Yeah. Skits. So that was it during the, the start of the pandemic, kind of yeah. just like hunkering down. Studying, so. studying. That's a big thing that I love to do, study and just watch and, and learn um, because I feel like coming from a theater background, I always wanted to be, you know, in TV and film, but I, there was a learning curve that I had to get over. And I, there weren't necessarily any classes at the school that I went to for film and TV, acting. Uh, and so, I was, you know, teaching myself, watching a lot of interviews and just listening and learning and watching. Yeah. yeah. What did the studying look like for you? Are you taking notes while you're watching films or um, what are you looking for? For me, it was like the emotion for me. And it, it was it was studying the eyes and, and the movement, you know what I mean? And, and the nuance of the performances. And, you know, I remember there were moments like in quarantine where I would cry like over anything. And I look in the mirror and I'd be like, remember this feeling. You're going to use this. You know what I mean? And like, you know, and so. That was a big, big part of the studying for me too. Like, I feel like studying looks very different for me in, in different aspects. And I learn something through anything I do. What were your go-tos? Who was teaching you how to cry? What uh, actors? What movies? Yeah, my mom was teaching me how to cry. She made me cry a lot. <laughs> no, but, no I, I was watching a lot of dope projects. I would say I watched a lot of biopics. So I, I was watching Get On Up, mm. um, Chadwick Boseman. You know, that was dope. A lot of. TV at the time I was watching Lovecraft Country, mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, fantastic, uh, fantastic, right? And um, so I was, I was studying them. You know, I, I look, I look at them as like my big brothers in this. You mm. know what I mean? I haven't met either of them, but <laughs> but you know, they taught me so much just through their work. That's interesting that biopics were a go-to for you because I mean, Bel Air is not a biopic, yeah. but in the same way, you're kind of like reaching into the past and trying well, to exactly. And that's I feel like that was so dope for me because so at the time when Chadwick died, August August twenty eighth of twenty twenty. Uh, you know, I I was working in Temecula at the time, Temecula, California, yeah. at a, at a factory. And I wait, remember, wait, at a factory? At a factory in Temecula, California. My mom got me a temp job, so I flew from Philly to Temecula, California, and I was working there. You know, they they pay for our housing and our and our transportation, and our food, and everything. So I was like, okay, cool, dope job. It was yeah. super sketchy, super super <laughs> sketchy. That sounds in there. sketchy. Yeah, what kind super of factory? Sketch. Manufacturing. So we were. I was wrapping gutters. Okay. You know, for, for the houses. And Very work. specific. Very specific, right? <laughs> and I remember I was in a pool, staying in a hotel. I was in the pool and I got the news and I was like, oh my God, that one hurt, you know, because he was my, my favorite actor, you know, and he is my favorite actor yeah. still. And he was such an inspiration to me. And, and I was like, that day I was like, I remember I was like, I want to continue what he was doing for our community. You know, you, you see those those videos where, you know, kids, they learn that they're all going to see the Black Panther movie and everybody gets yeah. up and they start dancing. And that was an iconic video. And I was like, that, that means the world to me. And so I want to, you know, you know, be an impact on the youth as like he was for me and for so many people around me. And actually, I booked Bel Air August 28th the next year. Wow. The same time. That's, I, I was yeah. going to say, that, you know that date. Yeah. So that's a very, yeah. very important date. For yeah, it you is. Now. It is. Yeah, it's so specific. It's yeah. so specific, yeah. Uh, had you watched the short or what, what did you know at that point about 
what was what was going on. In oh, was world. it August 26th? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was 28th. I, we'll, we'll Google you. Okay, cool. Okay. cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I watched Morgan Cooper's trailer when it had first come out. My, my friend called me and they were like, yo, you got to check this thing out. They're doing a Bel Air like reboot, but it's like dark. And yeah. like, it's just a trailer right now, but check it out. And I, I saw it. And I was like, yo, I'd watch that for sure. Because it was it was interesting and it was a different take. And I was like, okay, I'm down with that. Yeah. I was definitely down with OPP for that for sure. <laughs> you know me, you know, so that was, that was cool. And it's, it's dope that, you know, years later, I, I'm a part of it. It's yeah, a big part of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that initial short was so well produced. It was. It was an independent production by Morgan. So, yeah. so again, it's it's things like this don't happen. Yeah, yeah. None of this, how this all came about, including like your casting, yeah. that doesn't happen, no. right? Yeah, and it was, and it's incredible because Morgan always talks about it. he's like it comes from such a pure place. You know, he said he was driving under overpass in Kansas City where when idea just struck him, and he was like, you know, he always talks about how it wasn't born in an executive boardroom. You know, it was very a pure place. It just came from a creative, and the fact that you know Will reached out, reached, reached down, and you know grabbed him, and, and you know Universal and Peacock and NBC, like you know they all supported the project and. Kept Morgan a part of the project as well. And, and you know, his, he has a big say and a big vision in how the world looks that we shape. And so that's huge. You know, I feel like that's a lot of a lot of what has birthed this project is is unheard of in my casting as well. It's dope. Shout out Vicky Thomas. Like she casted this whole thing over Zoom, which is it's right. crazy because crazy. it's like Morgan always says this. Like if you want to tell the story of a family, you have to build a family, you know, mm-hmm. authentically. And we're, we're big on authenticity for this show. And so Vicky did her thing. I don't know how she she's she's godsend, you know. For sure. And your last name really is Banks. Yes. Yes. I mean, again. Yeah. It's, it's, a, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of, with every, every ensemble, you know, uh, piece of the ensemble, excuse me, of this cast, like there's, there's so many twists and, and there's so many things that, that tie us into this show. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. A lot of kismet, a lot of coincidence. Cosmic. It's cosmic. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, my story is not the only one. I can't even tell you. Every person has a story. It's dope. It's so crazy. Yeah. 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 I talked to TJ Brady and Rashid Newsom about the finale of Bel Air when it aired. And something they were talking about was how rewarding it feels to have made a reimagining of a classic series when that's happening so much in our TV landscape. And this was one people were skeptical about. And they were saying how it felt so good to make something that people weren't necessarily rooting for. But they came around, they watched the show and were like, oh, my God, this is really great. Yeah, That just must must feel so amazing to be a part of. So talk about that. Like what was because as you were saying, I love what you said about how this show was not born in an executive boardroom. Like maybe some of these other reboots have been. So, yeah, talk to me about that. Yeah, it just really came from a pure place. And we're honestly like it's incredible because we're standing on shoulders of giants it's like the wingspan of this show is is incredible because it reaches for so many generations and everybody yeah. knows it and it's such a beloved tv series you know it's a quintessential 90s you know sitcom and, and so, so it's everyone's baby and they're like you know no we don't touch that we don't touch this and we don't touch that you know <laughs> mm-hmm. what i mean yeah. and, and the first Prince of Air is definitely one of those and so people were definitely skeptical about the show when it first came out but i was definitely i was confident you know i i you know, when the when we were first put out the teaser, they were like, ah, oh, no, this is, I don't know what this is. You know what I mean? And I was like, just wait, just wait and watch because we got something great cooking up. And I was, I was confident in the show and I trusted the Morgan's vision and I trusted TJ and Rashid as showrunners and all of our writers are so collaborative. So I knew that what we were making was going to be different inherently, mm-hmm. you know? And I haven't, look, I haven't also like alongside of that, 
the relationships that we have built with each other as a cast is so specific because, you know, I was, there was a moment where I was crying. I'm a big cry baby. I cry all the time. <laughs> on and off screen. And I was like, we were, I was sitting with the cast and I was like, dang, I love you all. And I started crying. They're like, you know, it's so special because this is my first show that I worked on, but they've, people have worked on different shows and they're like, man, it's, it's like not every cast is as close as we are, you know, and we have developed a relationship with each other that mm -hmm. is so genuine, that is so authentic. Like, I feel like that bleeds through on screen, like, especially with, you know, me and Ali, like, that's really my brother. Like, when I first got out here, he had been living out here for a few, for a few years and he went to UCLA and, um, you know, he was like, look, man, like, I'll just drive you around the city and show you different neighborhoods. And, you know, what I feel like we, we ended up like spending 11 hours that day. That was like the first time we ever met. And just the conversation was just flowing. And so a lot of genuine relationships with this show. But so and so I felt like that all helped in cultivating something, you know, genuine and authentic for the audience to partake in. So Right. Because it uh, seems like the way you have been guided into L.A. and the entertainment yeah, industry yeah. really mirrors the story of Will in this show. Yo, for sure. For sure. It's uh it's it's for sure serendipitous maybe is the word, you know. It's mm -hmm. it's dope. It's dope and it's it's an honor and it's a huge responsibility and I and I don't take it lightly. And you know, we have talks with with Morgan and, and Will all the time about like paying it forward and what does that look like? That's my big thing. It's like what is the difference between paying it forward and giving back? Mm -hmm. You know? And for me, like I really wanna pay it forward to the next person that's coming down and in any way that, that looks different for everybody, you know. I'm, you know, into the philanthropist thing, but you know, it's like not everybody is. And it's like, what do, what does it look like to make the world a better place through, through what you do? You know what I mean? Cause it's like, not everybody can be a politician. Not everybody can be a philanthropist. Not everybody can, you know, or, or wants to do that. And so how can we make a, the world a better place just through what we do? And so this is, that, that's what I'm focused on with, with my work and just uh, giving back and, and, and paying it forward to the next person. For sure. Yeah. Salome is right. Like, I've been thinking about this because, yeah, your experience, because when, you know, Will Smith started on The Fresh Prince, he was already a successful, like, mm -hmm. musician. Yeah. You know, he'd already had top 10 hits. Yeah. So, he won, so like, a Grammy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So he was already well established when yeah. the show came on. But for you, this really is sort of the Bel Air experience. Yeah. And and that's why I started with the, the question of what were you doing two years ago? Because, yeah. I mean, this is quick. And at least right now, it seems like you're still pretty grounded. So yeah. don't, 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 don't go Hollywood on this. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's, and it's immediately when I got out here, a lot of people tapped in with me. It was like, look, like especially like what jazz did well like this this city will try to change you will try to make you forget where you come from you know what i mean and in a way that's like may not be meticulous or like you know may not be you know the exact intention but just naturally you know what i mean just mm -hmm. there's a lot of you know things that happen around this city that could that could change you or change your perception of how you view things and so like i have a great support system around me that just reminds me to be to be humble and my mom is a great supporter and a big a big reminder for that you know uh, and I, and I'll always do right by her and do right by my family you know because you know, I, I remember a time before this. And so very, very vividly. And, and it was recent, you know, so like holding on to this feeling, I feel like will take me, you know, where I want to go. Have you gone you back know? to Temecula? Have you said hi to your old co-workers? You know, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell that story. It's crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there, was a, there was a tie from Temecula to Bel Air in a way that was, it was, it was mind blowing. I was like, no way. But, um. But it was it was it was a uh, it was dope because I remember when they when they laid me off I was like man y'all gonna see my face I was angry I laid off because I asked for asked for a lot of things but it was <laughs> there was no soap in the men's bathroom and this was like peak COVID oh my god and oh, I, yeah for like Jesus. a week and like I was like every day I took pictures because there was no soap I was yeah. like oh my god what's going on and so it was like I talked to the head and they were like you know because it was it was like 
it was a lot of different aspects when it came to pay and everything and that I was trying to get right. And, you know, I was just talking to a lot of the, the heads and I don't think they liked that. So, yeah, they, 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 they gave me the boot for no reason. But, Man, yeah. because you wanted soap. Because I wanted soap. Not cool. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. <laughs> Not cool, Temecula. Yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't spoken to them since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, it's great that you bring up how Will Smith was a popular musician when Bel Air started because, Jabari, you're also working on music right yes, now. Yes, I am. I have music coming out soon. Looking to drop a single this summer and looking to drop my body of work, my project next year. So it's, it should be dope. Yeah. Cool. Super so, excited. Super excited. So have you talked to Will about this? What is his sort of, I don't know, encouragement or words of advice or, or I anything? I haven't spoken to Will about no, the music you side of it. No, not yet. All I right. should. You should. That's a great... He knows a few things. No, he does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. No, I, but I've been, you know, I've been, uh, I've been, you know, just, you know, working with, you know, Jaden Willow and with wow. music, but just like looking at them work and, and seeing their process. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's been a big deal yeah. for me. Yeah. So that's, that's been a dope experience. Yeah. So Will may be a little like busy right now. Yeah. A little, yeah. little distracted. So yeah, exactly. There's other things going on. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, especially Willow, I just watching her career and just the, the mm-hmm. music she's been putting out right now. It, yeah, she's, she's on top of the world. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are your goals? What are, what are your hopes with your music? So, yeah, I just, I just, you know, I'm really looking to tour you know, in the next few years and, and just like just build a, a body of work in a, in a, that's that's cohesive. And, you know, I'm a big storyteller and a world builder in a way that, you know, when I when I look at, you know, creators like Tim Burton, you know, mm. I see like a specific vision for everything that he does. And it's different. There's different things. You know, it's like The Nightmare Before Christmas doesn't really look like, you know, Edward Scissorhands, but it's in that Tim Burton style, you know, you know, what I mean, and so I'm, I'm looking to, to do that with my music and my world building. Uh, that's that's what I love to do with with my sounds. And uh, I guess, you know, a big person that, you know, that that has that that same thing that I'm looking for is like Travis Scott. He has like, you know, that style of, you know, everything kind of sits in the same world. So. Mm-hmm. It's very unique and specific to have Tim Burton as your inspiration as a rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to, you know, and it's not, it's not like dark, you know, you know, vibe of, you know, what Tim Burton does, but it's like that's that very specific. When you see it, you know it. You yeah, know? And yeah. So that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and I'm still building. Yeah, and go down the Travis Scott path because then eventually you'll have a meal at McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. As well, exactly. What would yeah. the Jabari meal be? So you know, I've already thought about this. So look, <laughs> all right, I like so it. So look, it's so it's culturally we all know about dipping the fry in the ice cream, mm-hmm. but we haven't turned that into a thing. You know what I mean? And so that would be the Jabari to keep it cool. You know what I mean? Dip the fry in the ice cream, and that would be the meal. And maybe it would come with like some nuggets or something on yeah. the side. But the big thing would be the fry. The, and the fries ice cream. at the center. Yeah, the and fries then the, are at the, the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Smart. Sure. That's smart. I dip yeah. my fries in yeah. the ice cream. And maybe we could do like a cinnamon fry. Oh, you know, dip in the ice cream dessert. Well, there you go. All right, yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. Hit them up. Get, get on this. Get on this. <laughs> yeah. And so there are your musicals. And let's talk about, yeah. I mean, obviously you've got season two of Bel Air coming out, right. but you said you come from a theater background. So obviously you've been thinking about acting and what that could look like for you for a long time. For so sure. what are some of your dreams as an actor? You know, I'd love to, you know, just continue to push the bar and, and to push the bill on what it looks like to be like a person of my skin tone in like a fantasy setting. You know what I mean? Like I'd love to just, to create a new lane for what that looks like for us. You know, and it's just like existing. And it's not, you know, we're we're away from, you know, our, our reality in this world, you know, and we're in the next. And, and what does that look like? And, and so, you know, projects like Lovecraft Country and like, it's like, it's a time piece, but it's also fantasy and it's also sci-fi and it's also drama. And, and I love to yeah. mix the genres in that way. And so that's, that's a big thing that I want to do. I also want to like, you know, lean into the biopic world mm-hmm. and, you know, just tell these iconic stories that, that we all know and love. 
in a way that's authentic, you know, and that's, that's huge for me. That's always been a goal for mine. And I see that for myself. So, cause I, I'm a, I'm a big transformer. You know what I mean? Like I don't look like from today to the next day, I look vastly different in my opinion. You know, I had pink hair like two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, and I had the box. And so it's a little bit different. So. Did you text it to your producers? Like, how, how about Will for season two? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, they supported it. They yeah. supported it. But, um, so that's what I'm looking forward to, forward to doing in my career. Just like pushing the boundaries of, of what it looks like to be an actor of my, you know, for my background and my skin tone and mm-hmm. like, what roles do we play, you know, what roles do we create for the next. And I'm also working on a, uh, I'm working on an animated series. Oh. I'm a visual artist as well. And so I'd love to expound on that and just, you know, just create a lot of dope stuff for people like us, you know. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. That's cool. And, and you know, obviously Bel Air has opened those doors, yes. right? What, what's that been like and sort of yeah. being able to maybe finally get some of those meetings and, and, yes. and pursue the things that you've wanted to I do? I mean, it's a dream come true. It's a dream come true and I, I never take it for granted. Like it's, I always talk about like access, you know, and like as an actor and as a creator in general, I feel like we always, we're always battling against something. There's like this triangle that I always draw out. It's like either like money or resources or time. And it's like, oh, like, I'd love to do this, but I don't have the time because I have to work. Or, like, if I don't work, then I don't have the money to do it. But if I don't have the money, then, like, you know, the resources aren't just... And so I felt like I was always battling against something. But now, you know, that's kind of freed up in a way that's like, okay, now I have more access to and more, you know, time and more resources. And so there's... That's... that's I've let go of that and just been able to create. And so that's, that's uh, huge for me. And I never take that for granted because as an artist, we're always battling against something, you know? And so, and that's, that's the part of the process, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what I love about Bel Air. It's, it's a great launching pad for everything that I want to do. And, and uh, yeah, so that's dope. I have an idea for your producers for, okay. for next season. So, <laughs> so give this to them because I think, you know, what would be fun is you guys, your cast, mm-hmm. One episode, just recreate an actual episode of Fresh Prince. <laughs> yeah, like go the yeah. full comedy, go yeah. full sitcom. Just yeah. like take an old script and just completely flip the script. Just like do that, and then just and then go back to the regular show. Yeah, is it, you know what? You know how Euphoria had like those those two episodes, like in yes. between season one and two. That'd be yeah. dope if we did that, you right? Know, just to keep. You know, keep the ball rolling, keep the Bel Air thing happening. That's a free idea, Peacock. <laughs> That's that Boom. that one's free, Peacock. Yeah. Don't even have to pay us for it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, Saloma, you got any other questions? And then we'll go to the lightning round. Let's do the lightning round. All right, lightning round. All right, here here we we go. go. All right, so uh, first up, what is the question people ask you most? Uh, What is it like portraying Will? And have you you spoken to Will about the role? Yeah, 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 that's a a common question. Yeah. yeah. What's the answer? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have. Yes. (laughs) The TV show in history you wish you were a part of. Oh. Besides Fresh Prince. You can't say that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Westworld. Mm. Ah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Why? I just, concept is insane. And I, lo- I love things. I love projects like that, that just have you thinking and it's exciting and it's, you know, it's thrilling. So I love to be a part of a project, a project like that. Yeah. You definitely, you've got the sci-fi thing. You're, yeah. you're really into yeah. that. Yeah, I am. Yeah. What I am. role in Westworld would you have wanted to play if you were around oh, when? Of? Okay. Yeah. Mave, 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 yeah, Maeve. yeah, yeah, sorry, that's great. Yeah, Moab is the color. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> Do you have a guilty TV pleasure? Ooh, anything that's actually, actually, like, let me tell the truth. Like, I still watch Disney Channel. Okay. Like every time I'm in like hotel, I just turn on Disney Channel. It's just comforting. Which and, shows? And it's 
anything. It's just on. <laughs> like I literally just wake up to Disney Channel yeah. and yeah. I go to sleep to Disney Channel. It's just comforting. Comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just going to be pleasant. Yeah, yeah. I get just it. It's on. It's always on. I'm not really watching anything. There's there's great shows right now. There's one called Big City Greens that's fire. Uh, there's yeah. one called like Miraculous or something. I, I haven't really tapped into that, but it's always on. Uh, uh, they had they have. Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls is, yes. Yeah. I actually yeah. finished that one. That one was That's great. a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, like a little yeah. sci-fi-ish. Yeah. So, so I see that. Yeah. Amphibia is another one. Amphibia. Amphibia yeah. is always on. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah. 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 You have a lot of hobbies, it seems like, but is there one in particular that you wish you had more time on or if you weren't busy doing all the things you're doing now, you'd, you'd spend more time on? Yeah. Drawing. Yeah. Visual, uh, visual art. I'm a big visual artist. Like I love to draw. And so just developing... The stories and, and the characters, character designs of my my animated series that I'm working on. So cool. Well, hey, maybe that'll end up on Disney. Yeah, let's, exactly. Let's come full circle. Yeah, that'd be dope. We're giving you all kinds of ideas. Exactly. Know, exactly. Boom. <laughs> Peacock's gonna be less happy about me mentioning that, but that's all right. Do you cook, do you cook? Do you have a food? Do you have like a, oh, a dish yes. that you salmon? Like, salmon. Salmon uh-huh. is your signature. I have a whole salmon recipe, and I can give it to you if you want. So, ah. You know, you know, it's, it's a whole marinade that I that I make. And so there's a, there's a smoked paprika, a lot Gotta of smoked paprika in, in, in there. And so I throw that in there. I, I throw like gochujang in there. Okay. Uh, and I throw like honey. And wow. so, and then, and then I, and then, you know, I throw some like soy sauce and then a lot of different other like seasonings. And then I let that sit. And then, you know, I put salmon on the pan. I let it cook all the way through, put the, put the, you know, all the, all of the juice and the seasoning on it or whatever, a lot of butter it down. And so I let that cook, let it marinate. And then I put the pan in the oven broil it so the top can get crispy mm-hmm. so it's like a crispy red salmon that I like to make and then what are we serving it with is it rice and I'm serving it with like like rice or like mashed potatoes or like broccoli and like asparagus on the side and like dress it really nicely it's like parsley <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to start the uh, variety food uh, section right? yeah exactly right? green onions yeah yeah <laughs> and besides your show what are you rooting for this this Emmy season what, what have you watched that you've dug you for it Euphoria. For sure. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. So dope. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, Jabari, congratulations, Thank man. Thank you. This ride that uh, it's like still early days. So yeah. That's so exciting that, uh, you know, we we'll, can't wait to see all this stuff that comes up and the, the animated show, the sci-fi show, all yeah. the things that you've got going on eventually. For, so. for us as Thank journalists, you. it's so exciting to get to hear these little seeds now that we'll be talking about your animated show in, a t- in 10 years and be like, remember when we were in the podcast booth? Yeah. <laughs> right. You heard it here first. Thank you. Oh, guess- we we got to talk about the, the, the theme park. You got to talk about the theme park. Theme park. <laughs> I, I have I have park. a dream of, yeah, a of, of a theme park and like uh, maybe I'll like, I'll put it in like Atlanta. You know, there's a lot of land out there, and yeah. so like just like tapping into that that scene. I'd, I'd love to do that. You know, what would you call it? Mm, that's that's still the thing. I, I'm still working on the name. It's, no, I'm not gonna say it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Jabari World, but that's not true. Yeah, that's yeah. not true. That's just me right now. You just call it the Jabari Banks. The Jabari Bank. The Jabari Banks. Yeah, it's like right? one of the outer it's, banks. Yeah. Of like a right. Yeah, oh, it's exactly oh. what you do. And then there's like banks along with it that you can go yeah. to. And All the different lands are. are different banks. Right. Different outer banks. banks yeah. Upper banks. Yeah. Upper banks. Oh, yeah. Got you. What'll it be known yeah. for? Is it a is Carlton it Banks? Ride? <laughs> <laughs> the Carlton Banks. Right. 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 <laughs> so. My big thing is like with Disney, they're so great with like building the worlds and like building the magic of it all. And like, you know, with Universal, I like they have the thrill. And so like, I feel like I want to marry the two in a way that's very specific. Like, you know, because Disney has some thrill rides, but like when you go to Universal, that's, a, that's the real thrill, you know what I mean? And so I want to marry the two in a way that's very specific, you know, like 
imagine if you're like, you know, going through like, just say Harry Potter world for for instance, and then like, there's just an actual roller coaster, like a genuine like roller coaster you're on the back of a dragon, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's fast, it goes like 90, 90 miles an hour or something <laughs> like that, you know? Like, so that'd be dope. All right, free tickets for us though. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> That's good, it's good. That's Bel Air star Jabari Banks. The show is now streaming on Peacock with season two to come. After the break, Julia star David Hyde Pierce from Los Angeles. This is the Award Circuit Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. In the HBO Max series Julia, celebrity chef Julia Child, played by Sarah Lancashire, has many allies in her quest to bring French cooking to public television. Chief among them are her loving husband, Paul, played by David Hyde Pierce. You look lovely this morning. Not camera ready, as they say. What are you going to talk about? I guess the book. Before everyone forgets about it completely. At this stage of my life, I want to feel relevant. My guest this afternoon writes cookbooks. Maybe we'll rename our little program what my wife's been reading. Welcome, Julia Child. What a lovely introduction. And I've come just in time. Ooh. What is she doing? Are you all right down there? You were a treasured guest in living rooms all over Boston. To Julia. To us. On Frasier, the popular spinoff of the iconic sitcom Cheers, Pierce rose to fame as Niles, the snobbish brother of the title character. It's hard to believe it's been nearly 20 years since that show ended its run, a fact that you'll notice I stumble on when I realize my math is all wrong in this conversation. I recently spoke to Pierce about what he learned about his character Paul in Julia, as well as his Frasier reunion with B.B. Newworth, who also appears on Julia as Julia's sharp-tongued best friend Avis Devoto and we discuss whether he might show up on the upcoming Frasier revival. We began by discussing what drew him back to TV, and it started with the script to Julia. It was the script. It was the writing on the script, which is you know usually pretty important to me. I didn't know anything about Paul Child, the character I ended up playing. I, knew, you know, I thought I knew something about Julia, but uh, once I read the pilot and said yes and then started digging into their lives together, I was really intrigued. And uh, they're just such complicated, interesting, wacky people. Um, <laughs> so, so I was glad. And then, and I didn't, I didn't know Sarah Lancashire's work at the time, but when I knew that she was playing the role, I did research there too, because that would be such an obviously important relationship. And I saw her on Last Tango in Halifax and Happy Valley and even some of her really, really early TV work, as well as interviews and award shows and stuff, just to get a sense of who this person was. And uh, that made me feel very comfortable. Yeah, and the, the, the story of Julia Child has always fascinated me because it is sort of the story of a second chapter of, of life. Yeah. And, and although it's funny, in hindsight, Julia Child wasn't nearly as old as, as I thought she was back in the day. Right. She was actually in her early 40s, which is, to me, now pretty young. But... Yeah. 
here, here. at the time, especially in that era, that, that was yeah. a huge deal for, for suddenly this whole new career to launch. Paul was sort of retired out of the civil service. And, and so for, for this to happen sort of at that stage in their lives, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. I mean, Paul was born in 1902, and we're talking about 1964, so 62 years old. Yeah, exactly my age. Uh, I just realized that. <laughs> Isn't that weird? And uh, uh, yeah, and and I think he was experiencing. Uh, he was retiring. He had retired. I don't. We talk about this. We sort of play around with this idea in the show that it isn't exactly a voluntary retirement, which doesn't mean that he was fired. It was just that he was unsatisfied and felt like he'd been at this. He was a diplomat. He and Julia met in the OSS, the Secret Service, precursor to the CIA, I guess, in World War II in China and Ceylon, um, and had a very exotic life together there. Uh, and he had all kinds of wonderful postings in Paris and Oslo and Marseille. And, uh, but I think he was disappointed in some ways. And, and some of his... Um, probably most, I definitely his most exciting times were with her, living together, introducing her to France, to French cooking, to French culture and wine, which she just was uh, so taken with, um, and seeing her progress at the Cordon Bleu, and, and then her, her connection to writing, mastering the art of French cooking, and him helping her with that in terms of doing illustrations and doing research and all. The most fulfilling part of his life, I think, was with her. Yeah. So, even at this point where he's a little bit on a downward trajectory, as she is, as her star is starting to ascend, it doesn't surprise me that he's continued to find fulfillment in working with her. Yeah, and it looks like he's finding different outlets, painting and yeah. He, <laughs> well, he was so. So this guy, this is the other thing which I love about the character, which I I didn't necessarily know from the pilot, but once I started doing research, he was a violinist. He had a twin brother who played the cello, and their mother sang, and they used to perform to make money. And he also learned judo from a neighbor's someone, a Japanese person who worked for a neighbor. And he and his brother were experts at judo. And at one point, they were coming back from a concert, and these bullies set on them in the park, and they just beat the shit out of them, but destroyed their violins and cellos in the process of doing it. So they didn't play anymore but they had won the battle. <laughs> Paul went on to be a black belt in judo. He was a really fine visual artist, a painter and drawer, incredible photographer. His, his work was exhibited at MoMA and then some really gorgeous stuff, the most gorgeous pictures of Julia. And he was, as a young man, he, he repaired stained glass in the ceilings of cathedrals and he built fine furniture and all these things, all these amazing things that, that he brought to their relationships. So yeah. like you said, that continued to flourish even as she became sort of the name and the breadwinner and the focus in, in the professional world. Yeah, because I think if I remember correctly, he even sort of built the kitchen that they ended up doing so much of their... He, yes, and well, he redesigned it so that it was what he did in their home so that the counters would be high enough for her and it wouldn't hurt her back because she was so tall, because yeah. that was way above standard height. No, it's, did you uh, get a chance to you know try on some judo of your own or, or sort of practice any of the, the, the Paul? Uh... Um, yes, part of the fun of this has been and will continue to be immersing myself in the things that he was good at to, you know, I'm not Daniel Day-Lewis, so I won't, I won't do such a deep dive that I end up, you know, being able to, I don't know, you know, flip people out the window. But, uh, but yeah, I, 
did some judo for the show. I definitely took up drawing again, which I hadn't done since I was a little boy, just because there are scenes of him painting and drawing. And, and it was just so I would look like I knew what I was doing, but I actually got completely obsessed with it. And I think, you know what, I think there is a parallel. And this is probably because I'm 62 too. It's a, Time is a thing now. And yeah. these, these arts, this art of cooking, not just having something to eat, but the art of cooking, the art of painting and drawing, these are all things that sort of make you be in the moment. Um, they're not in the way these people do it is not something you do while you're doing something else. It's not something you do quickly so you can get off to do something else. It is its own thing. And I think above like the highfalutinness of French cooking, I think the idea that you take the time to recognize the ingredients, however many or few they are, of what is of what are the ingredients that are nourishing you, whether they are artistic or the food you're putting in your mouth, just it's so kind of antithetical to the way our culture tends to be that I think there's something important about that. Yeah. No, this this show already is kind of inspiring me just with the art of living. And, you know, even in the first episode, I'm inspired by Julia Child just typing a letter to WGBH and just like on a flyer, like, hey, I should host a show for you guys. Yeah. It's the the balls of of doing that. That's right. That's a really good word for it, paradoxically. That that uh that she she who she is on camera, which is absolutely her. She's not a fake. She's so charming and funny and quirky and relaxed and just, you know, sort of what the hell about everything is absolutely true. But she didn't get where she got by being just those things. She also knew what she was doing, she knew what she wanted, and she went after it. And I think that is that is the thing that maybe also is why she keeps recurring and what sustains her image because she wasn't a flash in the pan, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, she, she endures. What, what do you remember just growing up, knowing that she was sort of in the background? Do you sort of have any memories of her being on television or maybe sure. family members watching Julia Child? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would have watched her necessarily on purpose, but I might well have been watching PBS, I don't know, Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers or something like that. I don't know. And uh, so I was aware of this person, this interesting person. I remember, uh, certainly there was a period when I was a little older, when I was aware of her and the galloping gourmet, who was sort of a crazy drunk person, as I recall. <laughs> yes. And, uh, but, you know, essentially an idea that I think was born of what she was doing. This guy, Graham Kerr, uh, got the idea to do a show, or someone got the idea to do a show because of Julia's success. And uh, so... And I, you know, so off and on, I would catch her, but I wasn't someone who made a point of watching Julia. I, of course, knew the Dan Aykroyd Saturday Night Live parody and also had to have known enough about her to appreciate it. So yeah. there was that. And then uh, just, uh, I have a, have a good friend who worked with Julia at her institute in California. So really? I became aware of her through his talking about uh, their, his interaction with her and him seeing her with Paul very late in Paul's life and how in love they still were, even, even after all those years. So, uh, so I had little connections throughout life, but, but nothing as direct as this. Yeah, but I mean, she had such a distinctive look and sound and vocal style that, again, like you didn't ever have to watch her show to know exactly who she was. And it always sure. blew my mind that she's from Pasadena. Like, yeah. I always thought she must have been from some exotic place, you know. Couldn't like really the moon. Like that. Yeah, where that accent came from. It's true. And uh, I think it's so, uh, 
part of what must have been a dilemma for her life is to come from a very wealthy family in Pasadena, a dad who was a very successful businessman who expected her to follow in you know, the footsteps of what women did at that time, which was find another rich businessman and marry him and have babies and, and uh, get, uh, you know, become an alcoholic. And she, that just wasn't going to happen for her. But whatever her internal struggles, which I think the writers and also Sarah are quite expert at capturing, she was herself. She didn't get where she was by trying to be something else, trying to fit in, trying to, she just had that confidence. Again, I think that's something else that people just soak up, that this person on camera, she doesn't care if she's sweating, if she's out of breath, if she's got another glass of wine in her hand, if she dropped a chicken on the floor, she doesn't care. She's she's doing something that is meaningful to her, and that's what's important. I think that's a huge lesson. Yeah, yeah. That's what was so appealing about her in the first place. I think Sarah does a great job of, of capturing that as well. You mentioned that you didn't know her before. I I'm, have, haven't really been that familiar with her work either, but I think she's fantastic in this. Well, and if you do go and watch any of her stuff on British television, you will be completely unprepared for what she does as Julia because she's a chameleon. She's that kind of actor. She's very different in each role. The only thing consistent is that she's terrific. So it's been nearly a decade now since Frasier ended. What is kind of your perspective now on that experience, on Nile? No, I think it's, sorry, you threw me because suddenly my mind was going, I think it's like more than that. Because didn't we end? We ended in. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I, yeah. Listen, post post COVID time is. Oh like, uh, yes, I know. I have no I'm, idea what I'm time. with you. You're right. You're cl- closer to two decades now. Yeah. Yes, but you're right. I understand. Time has you know evaporated. So time anyway, sorry. Ask, yeah, ask yeah. We're questions. sorry. Two decades. We're nearly two decades out, which is even more insane. Which now makes me feel super old. Thank you, Dave. Excellent. You're that. very welcome. <laughs> But so, so where are you now in terms of, you know, when you look back at that experience, at that character, just the, the whole, does it seem so far away? Does it seem like it was yesterday? What's sort of your take on, on just that whole world now? Um, I was just in, in Palm Springs a couple of weeks ago for an event honoring David Lee, one of the creators of Frasier. And he, one of the parts of it was, uh, He's uh, helping to restore uh, the the Plaza Theater in Palm Springs, and they had a benefit where uh, Perry Gilpin and I and uh, Peter Casey, the other surviving creator of the show, uh, came. And David had a sort of presentation of the pilot episode, which I don't know the last time I'd seen the pilot, probably 20 years ago. And he would stop and start and explain how the show was created. And then we had a Q&A afterwards. And it seemed like beyond ancient history in some ways, to to be reminded of not just how young we all were, but uh, it's a different time seeing John Mahoney mm-hmm. in the very first episode and seeing what a, being reminded, not only what a great and funny, wonderful person he was, but what a serious actor he was. And he brought that to the show and really helped ground the more serious issues of the show. Uh, so I, it just reminded me how good it was, how good the writing was, and how, and how it wasn't an accident that, 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 David Peter and, and David Angel, the late David Angel, uh, really put thought into what the show would be and what it wouldn't be and how they wouldn't just do what sitcoms have always done because they've always done them. If it was a good idea, they'd do it. But And, and it just helped explain how it became, you know, the really great show. Yeah, yeah. And, and the timelessness of it as well. The, Agreed. Is, is what really, like keeps it holding up and why I thought it was only 10 years ago, not 20 years ago. <laughs> that's right. Oh, good. That's a good save. But, but I also think you're right. I think that 
testament to the writing and uh, that it's about the relationships and some of the best humor in it was about the relationships, not necessarily just jokes, which in a situation comedy is um, not unheard of, but it's, it's special. I do love, I mean, there's that like six degrees of separation thing. The fact that B.B. Newworth is in Julia, it's yeah. sort of small world time. So that that's yeah. kind of cool that those relationships continue and, and the long tail of the whole Cheers creative universe sort of continues to this day. Yes, that's true. And B.B. Uh, and I have a lot of fun together. We've been friends for many years, even before Frasier, because we're both from the theater. And uh, also, I don't know if you know this, but if you, Fran Krantz, who plays Russ Marash, I believe his first professional job was as a kid on Frasier. And so, yeah, look that, look up the clip. You can find the clip on YouTube. It's, first of all, it's a very funny little sequence, but the idea that here he is now is an an amazingly gifted actor and director uh, all these years later. So, yes, a small world. Yeah, yeah, that, that string continues. And, um, Apparently there's going to be another Frasier. So I don't, have you talked at all to them about making an appearance or what's, what's sort of your. Oh my God. We've talked about it for like years. You know, I, right now I'm, I'm, I'm doing this show and I don't know if they have a new show. I think they're still planning. I know Kels really wants to do it and, but I don't know where it is in terms of script or anything like that. So um, I, uh, I hope it happens for him and then I'll, I'll see where I am and see what I'm up to. But I certainly have a lot of love for him and for everyone involved in the show. So I, I hope it goes well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, so we, we live in an interesting era where, you know, it's, uh, you know, nothing ever really goes away. So, so things yeah. have a way of popping back again. So mm-hmm. Again, like cicadas. <laughs> it all comes back to that. And that's yep. why well, I'm glad like we're, we're still appreciating Julia Child because it is, it's so hard to imagine in a world now that we live in with Food Network and celebrity chefs and, you know, food culture dominates popular culture to think that back then in the 60s, when Julia Child first came on the scene, it just wasn't a part of conversation. It was so outrageous to think of an idea of you're going to do a show, just cooking. Like, what is that? Yeah. And, you know, I think as different as that time was, it's also helpful always to be reminded of how, uh, like you were saying, things always come back around, plus ça change, that the issues of whether they're issues of gender or race or uh, gender roles, all those things that we are in the midst of dealing with now, here they are through a different lens at a different time. I think that can sometimes be helpful to just be reminded that things come in cycles and also to see what we're all dealing with in a different context. No, you see that moment where Julia has to really like care for Paul's ego and, and really sort of massage it to sell this idea of even doing the show in the first place. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like the way she does that, and this is also a credit to the writers is that she appeals to his, his better angels that the way she doesn't sort of trick him into supporting her to do the show. She lets him see the potential for it, the potential for what it could do. And, and then he starts to travel on his own sort of imaginative journey of how important this might be instead of just being television, which he doesn't understand and thinks is, is stupid. Yeah. Thankfully, they finally buy a TV set, which is... Yes. Otherwise, we'd all be in trouble if no one bought <laughs> TV sets. That's the victory... Business. To me, like that's that's the happy ending. They bought a TV set. Yes. All right. So, David, I've got uh, six 
rapid round questions for you. Oh. <laughs> These are all pretty easy. Oh, okay. But the first question is, what do people ask you the most? What's, what's, what's sort of the burning question people generally come up to you and, and say? Are you going to do the reboot? There you go. I already, already, yes. I already got that one in. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> so what TV show in history do you wish you were a part of? Like, go all the way back to I Love Lucy to now. What, what the, show? The, the Dick Van Dyke show. I thought that was a great show. Fantastic show. Yeah. There's yeah. probably others, but, but definitely that. No, that's a great answer. The genius of Carl Reiner. Um, what would people be surprised you watch? Sort of a guilty or maybe not so guilty pleasure? Huh. That's a good question. What, are, what would people be surprised? I mean, unfortunately, I don't watch a lot. Um, yeah. I I well, I, I, two movies I just saw that made me cry. One was Encanto, mm -hmm. and the other one was the last Spider-Man movie, uh, which I just watched last night. But those, yeah. Both of those made me cry. But also, I'm watching a lot of French movies from the like 50s and 60s because I know that's what Julian Paul would have watched. So, oh, I just watched Les Enfants du Paradis, the, the Children of Paradise, which if you haven't seen it, holy mackerel, they made it during in Paris during World War II, occupied France. And it is the, for anyone who knows the movie, this is stupid for me to even say it. It's like, you know, saying, hey, the Bible's a really good book. You should read it. <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary. But I just saw it for the first time in a long time. And I don't know if people would expect me to watch it or not, but I'm telling you, check it out because it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good piece of advice. Um, the hobby you would be doing if you didn't have your day job? The hobby I would be doing if I would be... Like, you mean, I'd probably be maybe a church organist. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. Ha! I like that. Yep. There you uh, go. The one food you can cook? Eggs. Nice omelet like Julia? I can cook eggs. <laughs> and besides your show, anything else you're rooting for this Emmy season? Oh, God, no. I mean, not that I'm not rooting for anything. I, I, uh, well, I have so many friends on the Gilded Age. It's like all of Broadway yeah. is on the Gilded Age. So I hope each one of them gets a Nobel Prize. <laughs> I was hoping to see you on the Gilded Age. You're in New York, maybe season uh, two. I, you know, I think they ran out of room. There was just everybody. Yeah, no, I, well, I've been doing other things, but it's a, it's a great, great, an amazing company of actors. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, and that was sort of good, good timing to keep people employed during these weird COVID times. You're here, yeah. Well. yeah. So, well, I hope you've been staying safe and, and healthy and, and good yep. during these, these awkward, weird times. But yeah, uh, yeah. Like, again, I, I said at the beginning of this, David Hyde Pierce, it's always nice to see you on my television set because I feel like we <laughs> don't get enough of that these days. So well, excited to see you back on Julia. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> That's David Hyde Pierce, star of Julia, now streaming on HBO Max. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Emmy predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Emily Longaretta, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.